Welcome to the Financial Insight Podcast, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. The Financial Insight Podcast is for professional investors only. Thank you. Today, we're going to be speaking to Fred Sonia. He is a co-founder and partner of Hatch, and we're going to be speaking about follow-on funding. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us today. Hi. Great to be here. Excellent. So maybe we could kick things off with you introducing yourself at Hatch Ventures. Sure. Uh, my name is Fred Sonia. Uh, I'm one of the two co-founders and four partners um, of the Hatch Group. And Hatch Ventures um, is our EIS and uh, uh, SEIS fund um, as part of that. We launched Hatch back in 2013, um, primarily as angel investors, investing our own money. And then in 2018, we launched our uh, first EIS fund. In 2021, last year, we launched our SEIS fund. And now, new for 2022, we're launching our follow-on EIS fund. So before we get into the follow-on fund, which we'll be talking about today, would you mind telling us a little bit about the entrepreneurial expertise of your team and of yourself? Sure. Um, all four of us as partners have quite interesting and, and varied backgrounds. So uh, Simon Penson uh, founded a marketing business, which he grew in a bootstrapped way uh, with no external investment and exited to IPG Group, one of the largest um, global collection of marketing agencies in the world for just shy of £40 million. Uh, Mark Bennett is a senior um, Googler actually, um, so he's the one part-time partner out of all of us. He's held senior roles uh, at Tesco, at Sainsbury's, um, Microsoft, and then for the last five or six years at Google, um, where he's been based between the US, Singapore, and the UK. So he's got a huge amount of experience in both emerging markets, what's happening in other places in the world, and then what happens at true scale, right? Um, Google's one of the largest companies in the world. Um, and great insight into M&A and investment activity in the market as well. Um, Scott's background is the founder of kiddiecare.com, which was the largest online baby retailer in Europe, selling pushchairs, car seats, nappies, uh, all that good stuff. Um, and I joined that business and ended up running e-commerce technology. Um, so quite a broad experience there, both on the commercial side of the business and the technology side of the business, which accounted for about 95% of the turnover. Um, the great story with Kitty Care again is it was a bootstrap business with no external investment and we exited the business to Morrison's a supermarket in 2011 in a 70 million all cash deal and then spent a couple of years at Morrison's um, having some fun um, and, uh, and taking Morrison's online and building Kitty Care into a large store format brand as well as an online brand, so a true multi-channel brand. So between all four of us, we kind of have complementary skill sets of uh, we've been involved in a, in a number of exits. Scott and I have been involved in, a, in an exit since Kitty Care as well with Elevate. Um, we have uh, all had experience in, in large corporations. Uh, we've had experience of founding businesses, had experience of failing along the way as well, of course. Um, and I think that gives us quite a unique setup where all four partners are truly from an entrepreneurial background and also have kind of key areas that they focus on as well. So, you know, Simon's a marketing expert, uh, now the web free and crypto expert as well. Um, Mark's looking at emerging markets and scale. Um, Scott and I are very much both commercial and product and technology led. Okay, so the next question we can sort of build out a little bit, maybe, which is sure. so tell us about follow on funding. Uh, yeah, let's start with that. Why you guys wanted to get into follow on funding and maybe a quick explanation as to what differentiates follow on funding from EIS and SEIS. Sure. Um, 
So I think one of the common themes that we, we've learned um, since 2013 when we began operating as angel investors is that ultimately companies come back for more money. So you invest in a company and that's very, very rarely the end of their fundraising journey. And nine times out of 10, they, they need to raise more money, um, which is great because they, they typically raise more money because they're scaling well um, and they need to grow to the next stage. So... Uh, for us, follow-on funding is a natural extension of what we've already been doing. So if we look back to when we launched our EIS fund a couple of years ago, that had a really tight remit in terms of the stage of company that we invest in. So our EIS fund is investing in technology companies that are starting to gain some traction, that are starting to produce some revenues, um, but still relatively early stage. And they're raising kind of their pre-seed or seed round. And... Secondly, we then went in and launched our SEIS fund because we realized that actually there was an opportunity to back that same group of companies in many cases, but at a much earlier stage as kind of a pre-seed investment, typically when they'd raise a friends and family round. And that's something I'm really passionate about because the majority of entrepreneurs are not privileged enough to have you know, rich friends and family that can invest. So therefore, there needs to be um, some kind of earlier stage funding. Of course, you just exacerbate the problem by doing that because you continue to have more and more portfolio companies and the ones that perform really well need to go on to raise money. And there's a couple of ways to do that. And, you know, uh, up until now, we haven't ran a follow on fund. So we've participated again where we could. But ultimately, we focused on raising money from external investors, which has worked really well for us because we've had some great VCs come into our um, portfolio, um, you know, the likes of Index, uh, Episode One, Notion Capital, uh, Greycroft, um, you know, big tier one London VCs, um, Atomico, Wheatsheaf, um, the list goes on, Grosvenor Estate, which has been really great. And A, that provides a lot of capital at the, the time that's right for the business and also, you know, the stage that those types of funds want to invest in. And secondly, it provides some external validation and pricing, right? Because there's other people around the table, uh, not just us or the early stage investors anymore. I think for us, that's um, great news on one hand. But on the other hand, we know that A, we have the appetite to invest at a slightly later stage as well. And B, we're leaving money on the table because we should be participating, not necessarily leading, but we should be participating in a more meaningful way in those rounds. And of course, from the outside in, it also shows a huge amount of commitment to a portfolio company when you go and reinvest as well. So that's why we've launched our follow-on fund um, to kind of um, supplement um, in a great way our SEIS and EIS funds. Excellent. So uh, taking sort of the outside in view then, um, looking at follow-on funding, why is this something advisors should be recommending to their clients? Sure. Um, so I think follow-on funding is is a slightly different risk profile for investors in the sense that um, there's a lot more about a company at the point where a follow-on follow investment makes sense. And typically for us, that means that our companies have found product market fit. So there's no longer a, just an idea. There's a real business now which has found its way into a market, has proven that there's a need for it and is now scaling. And also that means that Typically, there's substantial revenue and substantial revenue growth, and that's typically why we would why we would follow on. 
I think why that's exciting for advisors and their clients is because it's something tangible to invest in. So, you know, as much as, um, you know, lots of clients out there and advisors love investing at earlier stages, there's often not a lot of tangible DD that can be done. Um, you know, a diligence process on a on a pre-seed deal is probably just looking at the idea and the market sizing of the team. There's no revenue. You know, there's probably not a product built out yet. It's very early stage. Whereas a follow-on fund provides investors with the ability to actually dig deep into the types of companies that we'd be investing in, understand that they already have traction, understand that they already have revenue, and that enables a different level of diligence and, of course, a different level of risk profile as well, right? Because we're investing in companies at a later stage. They're you know probably on the path to north of a million pound annualised revenue or more, and that you know, reduces potentially the upside of investments, um, but also potentially reduces the downside of investments because these are real businesses now. These are no longer ideas. So, you know, I see a follow on fund as a as part of a mixed portfolio. Um, but of course, I recognize that clients and advisors have appetite to invest at all different stages of an investment. And a follow on fund just provides something that's a bit later, a bit more tangible and something where you can get some real diligence in. Next question is, what are the benefit for investors choosing Hatch? Uh, so I think there's a few benefits for investors in choosing Hatch. Uh, one, we are an entrepreneurial team. So, uh, you know, we're not fund managers by background. We've built and run businesses by background and now we manage a fund uh, as opposed to being fund managers by background and now trying to be entrepreneurial. And I think that is a huge difference there um, because ultimately in every investment you make, um, you end up working with a team, you end up supporting them, and you end up needing to be in the trenches with them when things aren't going right. And you end up needing to support them when things are going really right as well. And I think the best way to, you know, apply that knowledge is having been there and done that and been able to be part of some successes and some failures before. Um, in terms of, I guess, the other kind of unique elements of Hatch and, and why we think we're um, super appealing to advisors is one is the sector that we invest in. So we only invest in digital companies. Digital is the highest um, growing sector you know, of them all. Uh, this has been fueled by COVID uh, again. You know, we're recording this podcast remotely as a great example of, you know, something that probably wouldn't have happened a couple of years ago, but now is happening. And COVID's really accelerated the adoption of both consumer technology, which is, you know, a small percentage, probably about 10 to 15 percent of our portfolio. And most importantly, enterprise or B2B SaaS technology, which is the much larger percentage of our portfolio, because, again, enterprises are no longer requiring a two, three year sales cycle. They're accelerating and adopting technology at a pace that we've never seen before. And then the other element that I think is quite unique about Hatch is that we don't charge portfolio companies. And um, this is quite a conscious decision for us. Um, of course, every fund has to make some has to make money somehow, has to cover its costs somehow. So funds have a choice between, you know, various different charging models between how they charge investors and, and how they charge portfolio companies. And the reason that we only charge investors and not portfolio companies is that we believe to compete in the hottest deals and 2021, 2022 and beyond, we live in a time where the best entrepreneurs have a choice over who they work with is no longer they have to take the first term sheet that, you know, there's a lot of capital in the market. Um, it provides us an edge that 
ultimately, if there's a fund who's, you know, as good of us as us from an entrepreneurial perspective, if there's a fund that can match our terms or we can match their terms, you know, the one extra bit that can give us an edge is that we're not charging any fees to portfolio companies. And we've really seen that work very well for us over the last few years because institutional funds don't charge fees. And therefore, when an institutional fund comes in at a Series A stage, which is, you know, a very typical kind of follow-on stage for us, um, they just kick out the other funds or investors that are trying to charge fees. So I think between an entrepreneurial team that's really hands-on with portfolio companies, the ability, therefore, for our portfolio companies to work together and learn from each other as well, the sector that we invest in and our fee model, I think we're a really unique um, pick for advisors. Yeah, maybe you could give us sort of like a practical insight into sort of the type of company that you'd be investing in. No problem. Um, so a great example of, you know, a follow-on story for Hatch is a company called Buy Me. Buy Me provide groceries delivered to your door in as little as an hour. Um, they're large baskets same day. Um, so not to be confused with the kind of hypermarket deliveries of this world. Um, this is much, much more like your weekly shop. Uh, Buy Me has been on an amazing growth story over the last few years since we first backed them. And um, Buy Me has been through three or four fundraising rounds with us right from the early SEIS stage through to EIS and now follow on funding. So we first invested in Buy Me because we knew a lot of knowledge about the market and also we had seen this done uh, at huge scale in the States. At the time we invested, uh, you know, an SEIS investment size check of £150,000, a couple of hundred thousand euros at the time. It's an Irish business. And Buy Me was very early in its uh, growth journey, uh, averaging around €10,000 a month. So some early kind of proof traction, but, you know, very early stage. Fast forward uh, about 12 months, we then ended up leading a, a pre-seed seed round, which ended up being a couple of million euros. And that was a typical EIS fund investment for us. So that's a company that has now started to find product market fit. They're starting to scale. They're starting to drive real revenue. Fast forward another 12 months, we participated in their Series A round, um, which happened last year, which was in the region of 6 million euros. That at that point, the business is now doing you know tens of millions of euros up from ten thousand um, and uh, is scaling rapidly into the UK. And now by me raising uh, more follow on funding, which would be a typical Series B round for them off the back of signing new retailer relationships. So for us, I think that story is really important because it shows us investing in an idea where, you know, they were working really hard, hustling with no retailer relationships to try and get the business off the ground to then backing them again when we have more conviction and when the market had more conviction um, then to really leaning in when they were gaining a lot of traction and growing revenues and then to be able to reinvest again when you know they're now a huge business now employing you know 70 full-time employees plus a shopper network of five or six hundred shoppers um you know which is going to multiply this year dramatically i think is a great story of why follow-on funding is so important and why these types of businesses in digital and high growth will raise multiple times before they get to an exit and it's great to be in a position where you can participate multiple times and of course we have some advisors and investors that have been on the buy me journey with us throughout all of those rounds and we've had some investors that said actually it's a bit too early for us but let's look at it next year and then they came in when they were ready and again i think that's why i bring it back to why follow on is a great part of a multi-fund strategy for for advisors because it enables them and their clients to invest at a stage that's suitable for them at a risk profile that's suitable for them brilliant fred thank you so much no problem at all
The Financial Insight podcast is for investment professionals only. All material is being carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Wherever appropriate, independent research, and wherever necessary, legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. The value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.